Let us pray together shortly. Father, we give you praise this morning for this opportunity to come together and to connect this way to impart faith to each other in the name of Jesus. We would be very embarrassed this morning, Lord God, to give people just words when they are going through so much trouble, when they are going through so much uh, pain and pressure, to give them just religious words punctuated with an amen and a hallelujah. But this morning, Father, we give them your word. We do so because the Bible says, Yonke into things that we see came into being because of your word. Now we have confidence in the power of the word to bring to life that which is dead, to establish us on kingdom truth and for our destinies to be restored. So for that reason, this morning we are bold in uh, teaching your word to your people. And I thank you for the anointing in this place to do so. We thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost going out and touching their lives and transforming whatever the status quo is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, it's good to see you, of course. It's always a great joy to, to connect with you. I want to encourage you to I'm uh, altar. I'm very strong in our families. I'm gonna dedicate this first session to to that. Uh, we need to establish strong altars. Strong altars. You and I, you would have grown up in a family where there was umsamo. It was very clear. Nothing really shifts. Anything that counts in our lives for it to move, apart from umsamo okinile, nothing really happens. Uh, I remember Enanda; they would have amakukwane in the backyard. That's that's a place where not everybody uh, was allowed to go. Abazulu, uh, especially, we were not allowed to go. Well, in in my family, we didn't have that, but there was something. Because Uma Umzulunum Kosa, basically an African person, understand the power that uh, lies in the spirit realm. So it is important that we, we establish strong altars as God's people. It is important because Nababu sibezwe. Balabubu mnyama. Nabao moya bubu ubi. Mkatin. I want you to know, Gebaza, nukuti umsamwe wezwe. Ukopozikaz. The dripping blood. Often, uh, unknown to many people, it's human blood. You will discover in days to come, most probably, because we are going to teach these things, even what happens in Hollywood, how they, they sustain their wealth. But we will touch on that some other time. So they believe life that is going somewhere 
They must be a strong elder. Even amongst themselves, they are at a different levels of commitment and sacrifice in terms of how they, 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 they are committed to these altars. But they, they understand that the altar is the epicenter. The altar is the, is the engine room. It's, the, it's ground zero, if you will, of everything that would happen in their lives, anything that would impact them uh, financially, uh, in every area of their lives, the engine room. Everything is governed from that central point, which is called the altar. So it was important that um, every family had that, even according to African religion. So what happened was when we got born again, uh, we were born into churches that did not understand. There was no revelation of these things we are talking about. So all we did was we grabbed our we went to church with our Bible. We went there to kneel for about one hour and then come back. As soon as we leave the church building, we dismantle everything that was there. So we, leave, we sustained our spirituality on the basis of my, my church experience. We equated Ukonza uh, on Sunday with our relationship with God and spirituality. Whereas those are two different things. Your, my, my, my Sunday services and whatever services we're having together with you, family, whether it's midweek, we are going to have that as we grow. That must not be confused with your relationship with God. That, is, that, that must be um, monitored and guarded with everything. Your relationship with God surpasses anything else that happens in a church somewhere. So... These people, Bazalwane, which we're talking about, um, some of them you know, because it's an ongoing thing. Everything is planned around Umsamo. Everything is planned around the altar. So they must ensure that they invest in the altar. They must feed the altar. Uh, often they want the same thing that you want. You know the tender that you are praying for? And the job, the promotion that you are that you are trusting God for, they and the great life that you and I are trusting God for, they are trusting their altar for the same thing. The thing is, they outbid us often because Abazalwane, for the most part, we are very casual about things, and I can attribute that to lack of teaching and understanding of the things of the spirit. So we, we, we tend to be very casual about this. They are not. They are not. A guy who wants a, a tender, a 200 million, he depends on more than just the form that he has filled in and, uh, and, and submitted. Now, your, your application form is in there, and his or her application form is also in there. Now, what's going to determine what happens is the strength of the altar. I can just submit to you, family. Oguti, the, the world, basically, the, the, the power, the, the balance of power in the earth depends on the strongest altar. Which altar is the strongest? Which altar is well fed? So the altar then becomes the life center uh, of many successful people that you know. You wouldn't know that they have an altar because when they present themselves 
in public. They don't seem to be people who, who do these things, but they do. Now, distinguish between Umsamu, which is an evil altar, and what God has called you and I to be part of. So, yet you must understand that there is this thing which, for whatever reason, we, we, we do not talk about because we, we, we were born into a religious church system. And that also was strategic by the enemy. Because religion is the, is the, is the engineering of Satan. He, he, he put that together and he knows why. But God has called us to something more than religion. Our life and our relationship and our covenant with heaven uh, is so powerful that it's supposed to shift things. As I told you last week, it must have transgenerational impact. That's why the enemy will fight you tooth and nail if whatever breakthrough you are trusting God for is going to impact the next generation. That's why he impacts us. He, he fights us when it comes to finances because he wants the vicious cycle to keep going. Whatever that you and I uh, have been subjected to, we're born into poverty. We're born into lack. We're born into spiritual bankruptcy. And uh, so he wants the vicious, so he, he will fight uh, for with everything he has, so that even what we call a, 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 a breakthrough, a blessing, it's just it's a local localized blessing. In other words, it, it impacts you for the next three months, and that's it. And then after the next three months, you're praying for something else. God's intention is to is to pour Himself out on our lives, such that whatever breakthrough you experience, it has a transgenerational domino effect. It impacts. On your children and their children. So the people in the world, um Samoabo, it, it is so powerful that it impacts on uh, those who come after them. It, it's not rare that you hear of, of, of somebody who is so wealthy that his children and that boy's children don't have to worry about anything. You know, that's 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 the level they operate in. You and I. For whatever reason, we, we thought that Christianity and spirituality is about getting born again, going to church, getting saved, and then going to heaven. We didn't realize what you, there, there is more to you than meets the eye. God has planted us to, uh, here in the earth to be a force to be reckoned with. So, ama altare must be revitalized, must, must be built again. If anything is going to shift in the earth, I'm going to discuss with you later on of what of the new era era the world is going into, and if if we are going to Barcelona to really uh, succeed and survive and make a life out of it, we have to do more than just going to church on Sunday and depend on some sermon. The nature of the world now, saints, is that you will not be able to survive by a sermon. A sermon. Will not, will not help you much. It will give you, it will equip you and empower you and give you marching orders. But you will have to dig your well. You will have to have a very strong altar for you to be able to, to make it in the days to come. And um, another thing I, I, I feel I need to address with you, Uguti, you see, principalities and powers. Ephesians 6, Ukuluma Ngababusi Bomkati. Now, Ababusi Bamkati, they respond to sacrifice. 
They respond to sacrifice. I want you to know that they respond to sacrifice. That's why we have something called sponsored wealth. Now, I have discussed that before, but I don't have time today to discuss. But just briefly, sponsored wealth is there are people who are wealthy not because they worked so hard, but because they sacrificed so hard on the altar. So sponsored wealth is the wealth that the enemy gives you. Now, you become a walking billboard for him. It's easy for him to, to do that because remember that the Bible says Jesus himself said the kingdoms of this world uh, belong to the enemy. So if he sees that, if he, if he can give you a couple of, of, of millions, a couple of billions, definitely he needs a voice in the earth. He has a message and he needs a messenger. So whenever you become and you connect with him, you make a covenant with him, uh, he gives you that wealth and that fame, definitely you are now an ambassador of the kingdom, his kingdom. So there is something called a sponsored wealth, which comes, I must tell you, it comes with very strict conditions. It comes with, with very great interest. The enemy will, not, will never give you anything for free. It may seem, see, in the short term, you, you enjoy these things, but it does not come cheap. This is why the Bible says, you remember in the Ingatinye Zaga, Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 22, the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Listen to this. <clears throat> and he adds no sorrow with it. Let me repeat that. Isbusisus ka Jehovah. Now, how do you know that someone is operating if they are wealthy? God has a hand in it because their wealth has got no sorrow added. Israel, you can see them saints with everything that they have. And of course, I, I pray that God gives you the same because God wants to bless you too. But you must understand how, how this works. Sponsored wealth. See, you may have everything you want, all properties, all the, all the cars, and every fame that you can have, but it, it comes with sorrow. So what ends up happening is they are wealthy, but they have no peace. <clears throat> because Uncle Nkulu has exclusive rights to life. You can't have both. If he gives you, if, if you have wealth and you have peace and you have life, then God he, he is rendered um, unimportant, is insignificant, he is irrelevant. Now, God cannot be irrelevant. So then you will find that they have a whole lot of things, but they don't have a whole lot of life. Why? Because in the, in the abundance and the opulence that they have, there they will always be something missing. They, there is an added component, which is lifelessness. There is no peace. A triple-story mansion, but you cannot have rest. There's something happening in, 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 in your kids' lives. They, there is a, there's homosexuality just coming up. There's rebellion coming up. There's something in your marriage. There, there is no peace. Why? Because it, it, it must cost you. All the stuff that you have cannot come for free. So having said that, Bazalwan, because the reason why I am explaining to you all these things, I want us... I am believing God that we are going to have a house of prayer, Amen. a house that prays, Amen. a house that prays. This is why I said to you um, some time ago, your life, your, your prayer life must far exceed in your private space, 
in your home, in your closet, must far exceed that which we experience in a church building. This is why uh, I, 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 I think this is important to teach because it's going to make you understand the importance of building your altar. Understand that you are competing with a ruthless system in the world. Why are we suffering financially? Because if, we, if what does he gain? What does the devil gain by sponsoring you? You, you, won't, you won't give him glory. So he resists that which God wants uh, to do in our life. You're praying for this, you're praying for that, but should God bless you, he gets the glory. Should God make you a millionaire, he drops an idea in your mind that's going to transform not only you, but the future generations, that will then mean that God receives all the glory. So we, we get hit. Now, his cause is, is assisted by the fact that most Christians are naive. Most Christians don't take prayer <clears throat> seriously. Most Christians, uh, we have an altar, some altar that's competing with social media, an altar that's competing with some program on TV, an altar that is competing with something that is totally irrelevant. The people you are watching, they are multimillionaires. I spent three hours or whatever, seven hours, watching them make money out of me sitting in the couch. When God wants you to, of course, TV is, 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 is amazing. You know, it would be out of order to even begin to think that no one must watch movies or, 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 or watch TV. What I'm saying to you is understand WhatsApp. Not WhatsApp, social media. Just want to understand what's going on. I want you to be sober-minded, sober-minded Christians. So what I'm, 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 I'm addressing, understand that the things that we are striving for, there are people who have strong altars who are striving for the same. There are people who are out there to out-sacrifice me, to out-bid me, to outdo me. Now somebody says, wow, but Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. What's the point of, 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 of going on a fast and praying every day as if I'm under law? Jesus did it all, they say. If Jesus did it all, then what's the point of Ephesians 6? Remember Ephesians 6. So the Bible says, Remember that scripture. What's the point of it? If Jesus did it all, then why must we then begin to take our weapons and then begin to fight the enemy? And then, oh, 1 Petro, remember 1 Petro chapter 5, verse 8, no, verse 9. There the Bible says, Satan Melanani nae nikinile ekukolweni. Nazi ukuti zona lezo zintupego zestela abazalwane. Abasezwe. Now, I want you to understand, family, that it is true. Ujesu did it all. He did, he did everything that had to be done. So he defeated Satan on the cross. That's a, 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 a biblical fact. It's true. But what you and I must do, 
We must enforce the victory. We must enforce the victory. We must personalize the victory. Jesus, in principle, he humiliates the enemy on the cross so that it becomes possible for me to be victorious in the end. It becomes possible for me to enjoy the life that God preordained for me to have. So, we enforce the victory. It, it's not a victory that happened 2,000 years ago and then I just must live here uh, and then begin to think that automatically, uh, through osmosis, I'm going to experience a victorious life in the earth. That's not how it works. You and I must personalize the victory. We must place our faith. I must, I must appropriate it. Make it my very own through faith. That's why we must establish strong altars. You and I, we are going to arise. Oh, in the name of Jesus. We are going to pray like we have never prayed before. Because now we are going to pray with understanding. We are going to pray with revelation. We are going to pray. What is it that you are doing? Did you know, family, let me just tell you something. Did you know that the future of the world is not determined in, in, in some boardroom? The future of the world is not, is not decided in some, in some presidential house or some, or some uh, embassy somewhere. The future of nations, listen to this. I want you to pray, family. I am trusting God for my life. I, I pray, but I need to pray. The future of nations is dictated by strongest altars. Let me repeat that to you. The future of nations is determined by strongest altars. What you see in parliament or what you see uh, making a, a, a manifestation in the natural is being decided on some altar. What you see being expressed on a public platform to the point where you can now see it and touch it, it has been decided on an altar. Do you know that um, King Solomon, you and I, we, we, we read about King Solomon. We say, because the Bible says so, he was the richest man. He was, right? King Solomon was the richest man alive. But did you know that that man sacrificed 22,000 cattle? In Kabezu, 22,000. And the Bible says 120,000 sheep and goats. That man understood the power of the altar. That was King Solomon. He understood well how powerful the altar was. Now, if an average cow, listen to this, because I want you to understand this. At least they say about 40 liters. About 40 liters, of course, depending on age of the cow and, and the weight of the cow. But on average, a cow has about 40 liters of blood in it. Now, if you calculate, now I'm not counting 180,000 sheep and goats. I'm only calculating 22,000 cattle that he slaughtered on an altar. 
880,000 liters of blood for cattle alone on a single day. Now you tell me about a man who has an, a revelation of the power of the blood and the power of an altar. Did you know that that, that man was the richest man in, in, in the ancient world in his day, in his civilization, in, in, in the world, in the known world then? He, he understood the power of, in actual fact, the man was so powerful, he gave so much that his kingdom became an altar itself because other kings would come to give. The, the land was so full of blood of, on the altar of God that his very kingdom became an altar. A kingdom became, an, people came, not be, they didn't give to him because he was poor. Of course, he was the wealthiest. They gave to him because his very kingdom had become an altar to the point where if you gave there, they knew that something was going to happen. The Bible goes on to say that that man, uh, he spent over, now if you convert into dollars, not even in rents, into, do, into dollars, the amount of, of, of money he gave towards building the temple, it's, it said it's almost 260 billion US dollars. He spent giving and building the, the, the temple. He outgave all of them. All kings alive at the time, all kingdoms, he outbeated them on the altar. So there is no way, Bazalwan, that you and I are going to fulfill our preordained destiny in the earth without strong altars. The future of my family and the future of your family, the future of the nation is not at the mercy of a banking institution. The future of our family and your family is not at the mercy of some wizard or some witch or at the mercy of an economy. The GPS, listen to this, the GPS to your next level, to your next season is in your altar. The, your lift, you see, we may be on ground floor at this point in time, but your lift from ground floor to your next story to your third story, fifth story, tenth floor is in your altar. So the world is not at the mercy of, of, of presidents of nations. I want you to understand that, family. The world is not at the mercy of some terrorist groups. The world is not at the mercy of, um, of global richest elite of people, which is only like 1% or whatever percentage they are. South Africa is not going to, to recover, even economically, uh, because of some political part, because we are at the behest of a political... No. We are going to prosper because there is an altar that we have chosen to build and committed our lives to it. And because we understand that altars are central to make things to shift, to make things to move in the name of Jesus. Now let me tell you this, that nations are at the mercy of the priesthood because, see, for you and I to administrate at an altar, you must be a priest. Now I know that these, these are not messages that you hear often, 
But you must understand that the destiny of nations is at the mercy of the priesthood that God is raising. God is raising a priesthood. Uh, these are people, Bazalwani, who are going to administrate at their altars day and night. I'm going to explain to you briefly um, something along those lines just now. Uh, so the Bible says, you and I, we are a kingdom of priests. Now I know which is Kulesa Zutaba priest, uh, which is fine, you know. But I want you to understand that according to the New Testament, every born again believer, the, you have been given a priesthood. It's called priesthood of all believers. There's a priesthood about you. In actual fact, the main thing about you, if I can tell you, if the nations, if our country, if your family is going to change and move from wherever we are to the next level, to the next phase, uh, we entitled this message, Preparing You for the Next Phase. Because there's a phase that the world is going into. And before that happens, God must prepare his people. He must prepare the church first. So the Bible says we are, you and I are, are, are priests. And uh, we are a kingdom of priests, the Bible says. Now, to be a priest, we know what you need two things. You need a sacrifice and you need an altar. So by establishing an altar in your home, by default, you are saying you are accepting the responsibility and the call to be a priest, to walk in priesthood, in that grace and anointing and everything that comes with it. It's not a place where we go, like I said last time, it's not like a, a, a power generator. Where I just go, what is an altar? What is an altar? Because, see, I'm not a Jewish rabbi, so they, they, of course they would give you an inter but there are things that we know. Because we study, we study their writings. We st if, if you want to know stuff about, about, about altar, and you must study uh, Jewish rabbis, their writings, they'll give you great stuff. And then you can consult pastors. But rabbis, they will give you the real deal about what you're talking about here today. So, e alta. In, in Greek, it's, there's a word they use there, which is tusiasterion. 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 It's, it's the word for alta in Greek. Basically, what it means, it's the meeting place. An alta is the meeting place between God and man. An altar is the meeting place between God and man. The word there, tusia, it's, it's a place of sacrifice. It means a place of sacrifice. So an altar, therefore, is a place of sacrifice, a place of an encounter. A place where I die. It's a place I go. You cannot be going to an altar every single day. You know what? One thing you must know about prayer is that as much as it changes things, but primarily it changes me. It changes me. An altar. There's a word altar. Some some people use the two words uh, interchangeably. An altar umsamu. It's a l t a r. An altar. Altar. It's a 
A-L-T-E-R, no, E-R. To alter means to change. And alter, msam. All right. Alter, msam. To alter is to change. But an alter alters you. An alter alters things. An alter alters and it shifts. Not only things out there, but things in here. So an altar is a place where I die. So a person who has an altar, therefore, is someone who is intentional about dying. Because that's, that's, that's part of the, of the sacrifice, by the way, of, of, of the altar. The altar for it to be powerful. There must be something dead on it. So, there are people who, who brag about the fact that they pray, but they are not dead. It seems like they, they lie on the altar and then they crawl off the altar. But look, shall I alter it? A altar, now there's something powerful about death, about now that's that's powerful in the spirit. So an altar is a is, is a place of death. Another thing you must understand about the altar, it's it's a place of worship. This is why I'm gonna to touch on e worship today because altar so there's something there. So if we don't what uh, understand what worship is, then we have a serious problem because e altar to will not have the, the, the necessary power that it's supposed to have. An altar is a place of covenant. It's a place of intercession where we begin to pray. Now, let me touch uh, briefly on, on our priesthood. Uh, before I said to you, I must accept the fact that I am a priest because there is no way you can administrate on, on the altar without accepting the call to be a priest in Jesus' name. So I think it is the right time now, Bazalwane, to, to stop. We are going to move on to our next link. Now, I encourage all of you to, to join us when we come back because there's powerful things I want us to, to, to learn today as God prepares to shift all of us. No one excluded all of us into the next phase of our lives where God is not calling not just care, but the church in the world is pulling us into a new place because the world is moving into a new place. So before that happens, we must, there must be a readjustment, a recalibration. Um, something must be done in the church for, for us to be 